Welcome to Drama with a Side of Kimchi podcast. Today we're discussing the end of Come and Hug Me, aka Hug a Psycho, and the beginning of Still 17. I'm Kay Muse. I'm Kay Drama Jen. I'm Carrie the Mothman. And I'm Drama Geek. A few things before we get started. We plan to cover all kinds of dramas. Thai, Japanese, Chinese, and of course, K-dramas. And with all of those countries to cover, we hope you'll understand if we stumble over pronunciation sometimes. We're always trying to do better, but it's a work in progress. As are our podcasts, we, do, we will do our best to improve as we go while sharing our love of Asian dramas. We love blogging about them, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. A quick shout out to our international listeners. Thank you for joining us. We've noticed a lot of listeners from India, and we wanted to extend a special thank you to you for spending time with us. So... Before we get into the specifics of the topic, I think we need to discuss our Patreon situation because it turned out that half of the fangirls didn't understand quite what we were doing. So we decided that we need to um, specify exactly what it is, our Patreon page, as well as what we're doing for it, how that affects the regular podcast and other details just so we're all on the same page and such um many of you know that we started our patreon podcast last tuesday which is why you didn't hear a podcast for last tuesday because the first tuesday of the month will always be the patreon podcast which means if uh you're a patreon super fan you'll be able to hear that podcast for everyone else, you'll just wait a week and we will be back with new content as usual. Um, the Patreon, it helps us cover our costs for the podcast as well as our blog sites. It's amazing how the more popular that you get, the more costs you have to uh, keep up with the content. And so we're going to be using all of the Patreon funds for that. Um, and of course you're going to get something for being a Patreon super fan. We are doing one podcast every first Tuesday of the month, as well as we're going to be adding in bonus content, like stuff that didn't make it into our regular podcast, just us chatting. Uh, we're going to start things called cozy chats where you might get one. Well, you'll get more than one of us. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and talk to myself. <laughs> People do that. That's just not quite our style. <laughs> but you'll get two to three of us where we'll um, take topics, probably a lot specific drama-related topics, and we'll just chat about it. We'll put it up on the Patreon page so you'll get all that content as well. Um, and we do have two tiers for the first tier. It's just $2 a month, and you'll get access to all of our bonus exclusive material. And for the $4 tier, we're going to be doing giveaways, and you'll be automatically entered into the swag giveaways. And those will be like K-pop items, K-drama theme-related things. Um, we're going to BTS concerts, so we're going to buy a bunch of swag to give away. Uh, so that kind of stuff, you know, a little extra thank you for uh, helping us support getting this all done because we love doing this and we want to continue doing this. And so that's kind of how we're going about it. So now to the topic 
at hand, come hug a psycho. The finale. <laughs> so we have been for the last um, couple months. It was, I think this Three will be months. the yeah. So yeah. this will be the third one. We have been podcapping <clears throat> the come and hug me uh, drama, and so we decided we're going to finish up that drama. But then we're also introducing the next one that we're doing, which is still seventeen. Or on some sites, it's called. Um, 30, 30 but, 17. but 17 or something. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. depending on which, you're, which one you're watching it on, that's what it's called. But So we're going to kind of give our thoughts on the ending of our psycho hugs. And, and we're going to start talking about um, yeah. some Because it was one of those odd things where I'm all like, oh, we only have like four episodes worth of come and hug me left. And it's like, oh, we need something new. Right. So... <clears throat> And we and we're all really excited about Still Seventeen, so we need to share. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is our first or our overall opinion of the ending? I thought this is Carrie the Mocknick. I thought the ending was perfect. There was an absolute struggle between Namu and his dad, and it came down to Namu's choice and his perspective, and his choice to choose to be with Nawan and to choose to be moral and not kill people for fun like um, Hui Jae wanted him to. It just, it was perfectly epitomized by their fight in the basement and then everybody got what they deserved. So the struggle was real and then the feeling of closure was perfect. So I have to totally agree. In fact, in our notes I wrote piggybacking. Actually, she wrote piggybacking. Because uh, I I 100% agree with Carrie that I think that this ending, it could have been the two of them hugging, covered with blood and, um, you know, one of them dying or, you know, something like that. And I think coming into this, I really thought that at least one of them was going to die Um, or that maybe he would make the choice to, um, like, kill his father or something like that. I just didn't see a happy ending. Um, so I'm really, really glad that we got our happy ending. And I love that, you know, there's a future here, even though we don't see it right away because we have the brother going off to jail. But I think that, you know, there's that dream sequence where they showed them kind of all, all eating dinner together. I think that that could happen in the future. So I was really happy with this ending. So... <laughs> <laughs> Amber always oh, likes to oh. disagree. What's your opinion? <laughs> no. All right. I love the majority of the happy ending. Mm. And I think I, I had a slightly different experience than you guys because you actually finished it the same week it aired. You were watching it as it aired. Um, I did save the last four episodes and watched them all together just like right before the podcast, like a, in the last week. And so, watching them all together, I noticed there was a lot of flashbacks. I mm. mean, like, maybe a little bit more of an excessive amount of flashbacks than I really like in the ending. Um, I probably wouldn't have noticed those if I was watching it the week of. Because it wouldn't have all blended, and it's like, okay, again a flashback? You right, know? right. I just saw that same scene a little while ago. Um I also really wish that stupid lady had died. <laughs> I commented yeah. to everyone. The evil nurse. Oh, like, the nurse, That yeah. doesn't make sense that it really seemed like she was going to kill, um, oh, goodness. Nawan. See, it's no. been a week and I can't remember names. Yeah. Nawan. 
Yeah, it perfect. looked Dark like one. she was going to kill her with an injection. Right. She gets the same injection. She's totally fine. Although, I mean, I was amused when she was, like, squawking at the the hearing and stuff <laughs> and all that. But she should have died. Someone needed to die. No one died. I felt a little let down that there was no death. Like, not even the stupid cop who was really annoying died. Someone needed to die. Yeah, he really didn't get any kind of retribution or I'm no not say that. You know, he just kind of changed. I mean, his I'm happy that none of the main characters saying. died. Right. I just needed a side character to die. <laughs> <laughs> we had awesome dad cop die. Yeah, but yeah, she meant like the but, but or even not that I wanted the brother to die and I like how it went. But when mm. the brother sacrificed his life supposedly for the mom, right? You know, I feel that even if he had actually died, that would have been just as significant. And that the writers kind of like, oh, we like this character. We're going to pull back on that. So I don't know. I just like a little more death <laughs> and mayhem in my dramas. <laughs> <laughs> You're so macabre. Yeah. <clears throat> so I am going to maybe be in the middle somewhere. I, I do think it was a really great ending. Um, if you focus just on the characters, which is this drama really, I mean, it was very th- like thriller-like, but it was also very character-driven. And I feel like the ending, um, all the people that didn't die, I think there was a, a, a thought, premeditated purpose of why the writer didn't kill anybody. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is that he, for his whole life, thought he was going, you know, he was fighting against my dad's a serial killer. I am not going to be like that. And the each step of the drama, they kept reinforcing of like, he reminded himself it was a choice and that it was not part of his, who he was. He really wasn't like his dad, even though his dad tried to convince him and everybody else tried to convince, you know, convince him that he was like his dad. And so the, the, the thought process and the way that he went about it, shooting him in the, the leg instead of actually shooting him, the dad going back to prison. And even though I was like, oh, they're kind of exactly where they were at the beginning of the drama where he's just in prison, but he, he was in a different mental state. And then he also didn't have that outlet of the stupid uh, uh, reporter to be able to be his voice. And so we were in a different place. He was able to realize that when it came down to it, he wasn't going to kill his dad. The, all of the bad people did not die. They all went to prison. The law is what punish them, not him in particular. And so I think that there was a a conscious choice of not killing anybody for the ending. But I felt for the character development (coughs) and with the brother, like it, it was a good romance, but I loved the, the family story arc. And I loved where the family ended up at the end. It was sad that the brother had to go to prison, but I mean, obviously he committed the crimes that he was convicted for. He's going to have to pay the price, but emotionally and connected and connected as a family, they really ended up in a completely different place and in, in that beginning of that healing process. And so I really, yeah. I really liked the ending. It was almost but I can like see... everyone jumped the therapy and then was like they had had it <laughs> 10 years of therapy right, and right. were okay with everything, but without Condensed the actual therapy. therapy. <laughs> right. So, so. <clears throat> Oh, and I, I think I know your question, your answer for this, Am, uh, Amber. <laughs> but do we feel everyone got what they deserved? No, no. <laughs> hey. 
Sorry, I will sit back while Carrie goes through the outline. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so I feel everyone got what they deserved, and I have to agree with Drama Greek. Sorry, Drama Geek. I can talk today. <laughs> I am not Greek. And just the fact that a lot of this was about the character arcs, because right. even though like the brother and the dad both ended up back in prison, the brother had improved, whereas the dad had gone down. Mm-hmm. You know, Namu was in a better place. Awan was in a better place. Even the mom and the sister, uh, off to the side as they were, they were all in a better place. And so for me, this was a very character-driven drama, and I liked seeing what those characters got because they had earned it across those 16 episodes. So, and for me, that was epitomized by that meltdown in the courtroom where evil nurse and wannabe son are yelling at Wee Jay because it's just basically abandoned them. And it's like, well, what else did you expect? He's an evil man. He's not going to keep his promises. So I feel like everybody got what they deserve. Well, I enjoyed that they kept him a psychopath to the end where he doesn't have emotions. He doesn't have connections with these various people. Um, even his emotional connection that he thought he had with his son, it, it's not really an emotional connection. Mm-mm. It's just him being more about him. It was obsession. Like yeah. it wasn't a, it was it wasn't love or an emotional no. connection. It was no. definitely an obsession. Um, he... And he and he was the same to the very end. I really get annoyed when they're like, "Oh, I had an epiphany." I'm a bad guy. You know, that really annoys me, especially in this kind of character where they're so evil. He's a serial killer. Right. He's not going to suddenly have an epiphany. Um, And I like that they kept true to that because a lot of time in Asian television, it's all about the redemption. Right. And it's all like, oh, I'm paying for my sins. I'm sad. No, he's not (laughs) sad. (laughs) Um are you laughing at me? There's a there there's are a moment you, in robot no there's a there's a moment in the Are You Human Two which we're not oh. talking about this time but you know where they, they always have like they have that where the the bad guy is in prison he's sitting behind it and then his little latchkey or whatever comes to like, see him or whatever darn. and they're talking and yeah. it oh, it seems like that oh that they're now that they're in prison they might have seen the error of their ways or whatever yeah. but I like that no. to the very bitter <laughs> end he's just like scratching his ear as evil nurse squawks <laughs> um, I. I do wish an evil or evil nurse had died but other than that um everyone else i like it i felt that we didn't quite i don't know her brother i felt that we never quite got the connection we did with every other character um mm-hmm. and and I guess that that's just asking too much to have every single character, like, <laughs> every emotionally actor, connected every in with you. Yeah. Uh, but I feel that, you know, he's okay. He seemed, again, one of those characters that suddenly was okay with everything, despite not having any therapy or any... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy's a thing, people. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy they are happy and that... You know, their lives went on and there was no backlash, which we know they would have gotten in real life. So. Right. Um, <clears throat> I really I, I do think that everybody got what they deserved. I feel like each character that ended up in prison of the bad guys, which I don't consider his brother, Hyunmyo, I don't consider him a bad guy. But I, th- I feel like the the courtroom process and everything that happened during that, like they realized like that he didn't care about them and so there was that like 
stripping of emotionally stripping before they went. And, and even the dad, he, no, he didn't have a love or connection with the son, but it was finally, finally hit home that he wasn't like him, that he wasn't uh, everything that he had built him up to be. And he was kind of, you know, once he was back in prison the second time, he was a broken person. And then yeah. you could see, oh, prison is actually going to affect him this yeah. time. Whereas before he, he wasn't quite getting shot in the leg was such a great moment. <laughs> I'm all like, I was going to yeah. be like, oh, he's not going to shoot him. Oh, he did shoot him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but and getting but in a non fatal way. Exactly. Which, in a non fatal. Although the person that did die, the reporter, oh my gosh, oh, I, I fist so pumped fine. and I was yeah. so, that was, she got <laughs> there what was she cheering. deserved. If you had to choose one character I'd want dead, I'd choose her over mm-hmm. the dad. Yeah. Like, no, she, she deserved she what was, she got. She was the umbrage of the entire drama. Yeah. I did not like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely think that everyone got what they deserved, especially that reporter. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I, I really thought that we, we could have a circle story and have Nakwan kill his dad so that you know that it would be fair like you know his dad had killed her parents oh. she killed his kids <laughs> and all would be good um i i really felt like so i liked how they wrapped it up in the sense that he did get shot in the leg so not fatally um but there is a part of me i didn't i didn't want his son to be the one to kill him but i did want him to die i i have to admit i do think i did want him to die a little bit <laughs> Or maybe a lot. But. <laughs> I mean, he's a serial killer. Right. Like, right. But, I, but I can understand why the writer chose that. I can, too. I yeah. can, too. Okay, right. so what about the OTP? Do we really believe that they're going to live happily ever after? <laughs> no. <laughs> therapy. Okay, so when I was watching this, I was thinking of, oh, what's the group with the two guys and the girl? Um, the K-pop group, and right now it came out that they've oh, been dating for two card? years. Yeah, no, it's um, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she was, was in Four Minutes and right. went solo. He, pen, he was he's in Pentagon. He's right? in Pentagon. Yeah, he's in Pentagon. Oh, and Edon. Then, yeah, yes, yes. yes. So, so everything's being canceled, and and they're, they're like not treating them like lepers, like right. 500 fans, like throughout their tickets to the Pentagon concert or something. Right. And the society is totally backlashed on him for dating. And not just like a new relationship. I mean, they've been together for years. And the whole reason it came out this way is some fans were upset that she was being like obsessively flirty with him. And so she's all like, hey, we've been dating. And then it just backlashed everywhere. In a society that does that for two grown people just dating, I do not think that they would let them go. Maybe if they weren't famous, but she's famous. She's right. an actress. Her mother was a famous actress. Um, the whole fact that he's the son of the person who killed her parents, that's, that's not going to fly in real life. They'd have to immigrate or they'd have to go into situations where no one knows who they are. I, yeah, it's not going to happen in real life. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Hate to burst your bubble. I mean, again, if they moved out of Korea, sure, it would totally work. But staying in Korea with the culture that gets that obsessive over any little detail, I don't think it's going to be flying. (laughs) Or she wouldn't get work. 
Right. You know? I was, and, that, and that's my, like, my opinion is that, you know, she probably She won't. would have to choose love over her career. So. Yeah. No, and that's I for me for me. I, are they going to get there happily ever after? I think that it would. It's just going to be a lot of work. But I also feel like the family, at least his family that he's surrounded, will be um, there to help them. And I think that they'll get through it. Do I think that she's going to be able to be a star and act and all this stuff? Probably not. But you know, he. I think that she even just did that because she wanted to reconnect with him in the first place. So. I don't know if it's that big of a decision for her. Well, it was just how she was like, well, it wasn't a scandal. And then hangs up. And that was it. It's like, no, that would not be it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know. Wow. You are cold. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they're going to live happy. Ever after this is drama. We don't need to worry about reality. Oh, please. They cut. They have people not end up together all the time you know yeah, that <laughs> but they've been through so much together mm-hmm. and they they've loved each other for so long that i think something as silly as you know the netizens getting upset or whatever maybe they'll just like have a rice soup restaurant together or whatever it is but <laughs> so maybe she's not going to be famous but i still right. think they're going to be together and they're going to be okay because I, I can't allow myself to think any differently. I agree with that. Oh, I, I don't do. think that they're going to separate. They're too stubborn to. Right. But I think <laughs> that they would give up their careers for it rather than, oh, well, things went to all good. Right. You know? So. Yeah. So I'm with you guys. I mean, I hadn't thought about the society implications, which is a very good point. But yeah, in the fantasy drama world, sure. Yeah. They'll have a great happily ever <laughs> But in in this world, yeah, they would have to emigrate. There would be weekly therapy appointments till they die. So well, and you can't even imagine what their kids would have to go through because you know the mm. kids would have to deal with all of the society baggage as well. You know, it'd just be mm-hmm. they'd have to be really isolated. <laughs> homeschool, homeschool's so a good thing. Grandpa there you go. killed your grandma and grandma. Yeah. It, it is. It, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That would be another drama in and of itself. Yes, yes. (laughs) And so what did Uncle do? (laughs) He did what? (laughs) Wait, why do we still have Elmore for Christmas? So um, aside from the OTP, what do we think about um, everybody else? Do they have good character resolution, specifically the family? And apparently I'm the first on this list, so I should go next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I honestly feel like the story itself was very folk. Like for me, the OTP is was great, but it was a lot about the f- like non traditional family relationships, and I felt that um, the the last several episodes really really did a great job of the the mother. She seriously needs to win the Best Mother Award. And her being able to bring her child back around. And, you know, the circumstances also helped bring him back around. But I don't think either of those those boys would have turned out and been able to um, move past anything without her. She was the one that just kept coming back and treating um, Hyunmu like a, a person. Like in, that he wasn't a psycho killer. That he wasn't. Um, inherently bad and then she just kept coming back to him so I feel like all of the um, 
the family where they ended up at the end it wasn't happy for all of them because you know some of them are in prison and some of them are not but i still feel like everybody had really good character growth their arcs were great and the resolution for them was was really good i'm with you 100 percent with mom i just thought she was one of the very best characters definitely like mom of the year um and I have to say that the writing for uh, Hyun Woo's um, character because I was so incredible because I don't even remember when it happened that I went from being just kind of disgusted with him to like I felt my heart softening over time uh, because um, and they so the writing was just so incredibly done that it was a slow process and then before I knew it I was rooting for him so I think that the character growth and so many of the side characters in this drama were was just really uh, very well done I agree and I agree with Kim I ended up loving him so much mm-hmm. and that scene at the end where he passes his dad in the hallway mm-hmm. of the prison and he doesn't even acknowledge him so right. powerful so because he finally you know he was so started out being so desperate for his father's attention and that's why he even took up the hammer in the first place and so to have grown out of that to the point where he realizes exactly what his dad is and that he doesn't need his respect Mm -hmm. it was just oh that really got me in the gut yeah so what was your <laughs> the hammer? She <laughs> needs to go. Me. <laughs> oh, I, thought I, was, I thought there was one person still ahead of me. No, Sorry. No, it's Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just taking all of your guys' comments into heart. Um, one thing I did like, of course, you know, I liked everything you guys mentioned. I also liked that the mom had a relationship with our leading lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so often we'll see dramas where there is no connection between the family members and the romantic love interest because mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it seems like they don't introduce them to the family till they're practically married or something. You know, it's just one of those cultural things. And so I liked that the mom had those little moments with her, just like she had them with her own children mm-hmm. and the sister with uh, the leading lady. Yeah, you know? they were cute. There was cute little moments like that that just connected them all as a family And it wasn't just her as a separate entity compared to his family. They were all one unit. And I liked that. So, yeah, I liked everyone's endings except the nurses. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be bitter till the end. I am. All the family, though, I really enjoyed the whole story of the family all the way to the end. So. All right. Well, now, what was your favorite single scene out of the whole show? Your single favorite scene. Okay, I'll go since I have something written down and no one else does. <laughs> We're just winging it. <laughs> say, there's, there's no names. We don't know the order. Oh, no. <laughs> Do we need to pause so you can write it in, Carrie? <laughs> anyway, I just like being disorderly. <laughs> All right, so the Hyunmu scene I just described, the prison in the hallway and his dad. That was one of my top favorites. And the other one, it was a little bit cheesy, but when Namu and Nawan went and hugged their younger selves and it just kind of brought full resolution to them, the high cheese factor, but I liked kind of the example of psychological resolution for them. They'd finally gotten over their child or gotten 
resolution for their childhood trauma. It was too cheesy. <laughs> it, was too cheesy. it really was cheesy. <laughs> like um, I, I have. Oh, should we do Kai Bai Bo over to go next? <laughs> Jen can go next. You can Let go, Jen. go, Jen. Especially because I can't see you, so you can cheat. <laughs> can't do Kai Bai Bo. Um, okay, so it's a tie for me between the transformation suddenly into mm. the hot cop. Yeah. Um, Cause that was pretty awesome. And his just crazy psycho eyes when he confronts the wannabe serial killer, wannabe brother. Um, that for me was so chilling because you could see for the first time, he really probably could turn and I wasn't sure if he was you know if if he was pushed enough he could certainly kill somebody so I thought that that was really really powerful I like that scene because it made me excited for his next project because like oh he's a really good actor I want to see more Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and I'll go next okay (laughs) I won't I won't like yeah go for it anyway um my favorite scene was when he did the whole one hand on the car and you can't pass. Right. Oh, scene. yeah. I love that scene. It was such a great <laughs> no, moment. No, no uh, magical powers or anything. It's like, just his I own. will let you hit me. <laughs> it won't go. <laughs> it's like and him in the white shirt and mm. the uniform. It's like, oh, now there is a man. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I actually think one of there I have a lot of favorite scenes and you guys have listed some of them, but the scene where um, Hyun Mu protects his mother, um, that scene was really powerful to me. It just kind of completed that um, transition for him of realizing that she was his mom. And that he was going to do whatever he could to protect her. He, I mean, obviously he'd been like following them and trying to protect him and everything, but it was just like, there was that, that defining moment of like, I am not going to try to get your attention anymore. I am not going to try to seek your love because obviously you're not worth it. This is the person that loves me. This is my mom. And she's way more important than you. Well, and I I love that she tried to protect him too. Like they were trying to fling themselves in. (laughs) No, I'll die. No, you died. I'll die. Yeah. It was just a wonderful scene. It was. So, um, I think we've already given our overall opinion of the show. We kind of, I think we've done that, but and I think we all know the answer to the next question. Would we rewatch it? Yeah, I would rewatch this. It's I'm good. not a rewatcher. It would take special I, circumstances because I, I don't watch be many, but I think I would. Because I yeah. just don't have time right now and it's so fresh in my mind. But yeah, I would totally rewatch this in a couple of years. And I definitely will. I think also it's a great one for kind of luring people into the K drama world because mm. it has such. Um, themes that kind of resonate with the mom piece and, you know, who doesn't appreciate the hot cop look that he has. So <laughs> I can see this being um, one that I will definitely rewatch, but probably with somebody, um, mm-hmm. you know, I won't rewatch it by myself, but I'll rewatch it with somebody else. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad that it wasn't more popular, like in our, our just online groups and stuff. Right. I think a lot of people just, because it didn't have anyone super famous or, you know, I think there's a lot of people that just missed the opportunity to watch this one. 
Um, or just needed something lighter. Because, I mean, it wasn't yeah. light. So, you know. But that, it wasn't as dark as I thought it was going to be. Right. You know. No, it had to. So if you haven't watched it, and for some reason you're listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> go watch this show. I was going to say the podcast listeners are either watching it or they're not watching it and listening to us because I think our first Come and Hug Me podcast is still our most yeah. listened to podcast since we've been Yeah, so, yeah pe- so people love listening to us talk about a drama, whether yes. they watched it or not. <laughs> so, And I would have to say... I'm not sure I could rewatch it simply mm-hmm. because it was so intense. That's a lot for me to handle. So, but would you I, recommend I'm on the bubble, it? But I would to totally others. recommend it for other okay. people. I think or all would of you would. watch it with a friend? Like if you had a friend in real life no. that you're like, oh, <laughs> <If I> had- <laughs> no, you know what I mean? That special friend that oh, they might watch something. How can I hook them? You know, I think this is definitely a hookable drama. I think so. Yeah. Maybe, but it'd have to be a few years from now. <laughs> I need distance. <laughs> oh All right, so goodbye to the old. On, on goodbye to, to the, the new. Still no. seventeen. I need to call it still seventeen because thirty, but seventeen is such a mouthful. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. <laughs> I mean, they both okay. fit the premise of the show, but yeah, still seventeen is just easier to say. Yep. So first of all, um, we are, we're all watching this, right? Yes. 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 It's one of the few that we're all watching, which is kind of cool. And we were all excited about uh, once we kind of got into it. So basically the storyline is uh, uh, Kong Woo Jin, played by Yang Sejong, is a 30-year-old single man. He works as a set designer. He's a little interesting. He's a little odd. He's quirky. Um, he is. Unapologetic he is quirky, quirky yeah, which I appreciate. Quirky. Yes. <laughs> so he experienced a trauma 13 years ago. You find out as you watch what it was. And he doesn't really enjoy having relationships with others, although he does have a nephew that he um, has a relationship with. And um, Usori, played by uh, Shin Hye-sun, when uh, she was 17 years old and she fell into a coma. Um, again, you find out why. Sorry, I know I don't like it. She fell into this a coma. This is an official <laughs> s- a synopsis from, I think, Asian Wiki. So, yeah. How about she was in a tragic so, accident that resulted in a tra- uh, coma? Yeah. That there, fans- was, there was a traumatic situation where she ended up in a coma. And 13 years later, she wakes up from her coma. And she still kind of thinks of herself as 17 years old, but she is now 30 years old. So um, Kong Woo Jin and Woo Sorig, uh, they get involved with each other. And where we are... I don't know if they've really in our drama in love yet. Maybe. No, but that's the premise of the show. Yes, so that's the synopsis, and then they fall in love. That's Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. They're not there yet. After no. hijinks oh, but and, they'll get there. and plungers, they fall in love. <laughs> the Koreans' obsession with plungers is beyond me. It's there like, used to be, and I, the, back in the day when I first started doing some of the uh, 
Facebook groups, it was it, we would ask, is the drama plunger worthy because of and, and Carrie hasn't seen it. I don't think the rest Flower of us Boy have Ramen Flower Shop. Boy Ramen Shop. It's like, is it that type of drama where it's kind of that cheesy? You know, yeah. is it plunger worthy? And I think still 17 is plunger worthy. But I wouldn't say it's <laughs> plunger really cheesy. It's not. It's not. It's so sincere. It is sweet. Weird. Mm-hmm. It is. So not cheesy, though. <laughs> So what are some things that you like about the drama? Personally, I like that, I mean, it could very easily go into slapstick comedy, just especially the way the first couple of episodes run with him sitting on the choco pie and just all sorts of silly stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's very whimsical and gentle instead. And I, I can't stop describing it that way. Just whimsical and gentle and the laugh, you know, when they're going for laughs, it's still very subtle and they still get them for me. Right. Yeah, I like how you said it's whimsical because that's mm-hmm. the perfect word is, to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because they're not getting the cheesy laughs. They're not doing the fart jokes. Right. Or the, you know. Even the, the plunger that I mentioned no, is, that, is, is it's not. It's very sweet. It is. It is. There's a reason for it. It's not toilet humor. Right. Um, Thank But, yeah, I was expecting, I went into the show, I was like, Okay, I'll take the fall. I'll watch it for our first um, first impressions post because we usually go and all of us will tackle various dramas and commit to do first impressions. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm not overly interested in this per se, but it doesn't look like it sucks, so I'll do it. <laughs> and I was so in love with this drama. I come back and I'm like, you guys, you guys, you got to watch this show. It's really cute. Um, I like that there's a realism to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't just gloss over that she is in a coma and suddenly she's magically out of the coma. Um, they don't gloss over his PTSD right. and let him just fall in love automatically with her whimsical face because he had a crush on her 13 years later. Um, you know, they go through a lot of baggage and just, you know, just life. Right. It's they're just going through life and connecting. And I like that we see all that. We see her having to do serious therapy and recovery to just get be able to walk. And she still gets mm-hmm. tired. She still gets cramps. You know, that's reality. And they don't like hit us over the head with it. Right. But just the fact that they added in, that's something we rarely get in dramas. We just have the magical cure and the happy ever after. And so I like that it's a process in this one. Well, and the setup for me, because um, I agree with you guys on all the reasons to like it, but and that the setup for her and how they've kind of isolated her because of being in a coma for 13 years, if she doesn't wake up and you know go back to a family, um, the, the emotional trauma of being 17 mentally and then being looked at as a 30-year-old and you know not having, she didn't complete high school so she's a middle school graduate and she missed out on um, a, a musical career that she could have had in, in the recent episode that we just watched. Like just it broke my heart for her to watch somebody else who's the same age doing what she dreamed of doing. And, and she it was all taken away from her. So 13 years of, co- of being in a coma isn't trivialized. And it really shows like everything that she has to go go through. So I think that really making that um, very normal and, and making it realistic instead of 
the way the drama could have gone is one of the reasons I like it. But I, I think one of my favorite things is the characters, like just the way that this this writer has a really (laughs) good way. It's the same writer as, um, high school King of savvy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the characters are memorable. Like I remember a lot of the characters from that drama and loved them. And, and I think that this writer has a way of kind of creating those that stick in your mind and that you're going to remember Jennifer probably for the rest like, of your drama uh-huh. viewing experience. Like she's, well, but, but she's also not like a weird, I mean, she's a weird character, but. But she doesn't seem weird. She doesn't feel out of place. She doesn't feel like, oh, they're creating this quirky character just for laughs. Right. You know, she feels like she fits in with this weird family. Right. You yeah, know. and I think that this writer has a good way of creating memorable, quirky characters that all have a... Uh, they have their place. A, their place, but they also have a realisticness to them. So quirky characters sometimes can just come off as really two-dimensional, and yeah. but they don't. They have, like, well, a Or even, story. like, the, the friends of the nephew. <laughs> they just <laughs> pop in. Hey, uncle, you know. Yeah. And the one that looks old, <laughs> and he's, like, only 19. And they keep joking that he's the father of one of them. Um, there's just a lot of like little things like that. There's a lot of little details that adds layers to this whole experience and journey through all of these characters' lives that interconnect. And I just am in love. <laughs> and for me, I think, well, you brought up Jennifer. She's probably one of the things that I like about this drama uh, the most, but also the nephew and his relationship with his uncle. Um and the way that he has connected with uh, this girl who is 30 in real life, but feels like she's 17. So they have sort of connected almost like they're the same age. Um, so I think for me, uh, I, Carrie said it very, very well. I think that they really could have gone slapstick with us and they didn't. And that's what I really like about it. So what are things we don't like about the drama? Um, I'm worried that the only thing that I don't like is I'm worried that this um, musical uh, violinist who was a, a, a frenemy of our lead girl at the very beginning, um, I feel like she could go really bitter and kind of bring down the tone a little mm-hmm. with hers if she goes vindictive and mean. I don't know how they're going to play that. And that actress has played characters yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure how they're going to play that at this point. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that I'm really concerned over. And again, probably because it's played by that actress and right. she does have a long history of kind of being the witchy um, mean girl. Mm. But we'll see. So far right now, I don't think I have anything. I, I The actress that's playing um, Sori, she is... Adorable. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've heard some people say that they think she's overacting a little bit, but I don't agree. I think that she's adorable. I wouldn't have expected this from this particular actress before. She's been a second lead a lot, and this is the first lead yeah, role that she's taken on. She, rem- she reminds me um, a lot of the... Um, love from another star actress like uh, she uh, she just has it she does it well to where she is silly and that 17 year old girl and she's all talkative and chatty and everything but then she has um a very serious like you 
the whimsical, gentle. I think even that could be used to describe her character as well as the drama because mm-hmm. she just has a, a way of really making you feel um, how hard it would be to be yeah. 30 years I, old really and have positive, the experience of a 17-year-old. You obviously see a lot of the hardships and pain she goes through too. Yeah. And it's better because she is so positive on on the moments where she's around others. Yeah. So... Jen, do you have any uh, qualms with this, the, the Are drama you so sleeping far? Anything over in the East Coast? <laughs> 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 so, I guess there's nothing that's happened so far that I don't like, but I do have some misgivings about where it might go, mm. and so I'm. I guess I'm just waiting to see what happens. I I do love the nephew. Um, so it worries me a little bit because I think, you know, he's going to develop feelings for her. And how is that going to impact the relationship with his uncle and that type of thing? Um, but other than that, so far, I've really liked how they have done everything. Um, and then there's this mysterious lady with um, like what yellow shoes or whatever. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with that. So she just I'm, keeps I'm popping just... up. Exactly, and I don't know why. So I'm guessing it's it's the aunt. That's, that's who I'm, I'm guessing, and so there is going to be that like her family coming back into it and yeah. explaining why that they <clears throat> totally ditched her. I'm just hoping that the nephew isn't totally crushed beyond all bearing when his love doesn't come through. Right? Because I yeah. I even put this on Twitter the other day. I'm like, I kind not that I, I love the OTP. However. If this was a Nuna romance without the uncle there, I would be just as happy. You know, if they had gone a different direction with Me. the storyline. Um, so I really like her chemistry with both guys. And I'm really devastated that the nephew's going to get devastated. <laughs> They'll probably well, end up making know, him fall for the, the one girl. But still, still, my heart, my poor heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, and almost feels like a reverse harem because she's got the uncle, the nephew, and then that doctor who keeps popping in and out. I know. Oh, right. I need the doctor to get some more screen time. He needs some more. I kept having to look at the cover photo, and I'm like, that—that's—that's that's the nephew on the cover photo, right? Yes, yeah. So he's nephew. definitely the second lead, like yeah. you know, in the drama. So we have a oh, somewhat Nuna. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the doctor is just like a character that. He'll probably be the bring, you know, what finally brings it into perspective of, yeah. you know, everything for her and what happened. But yeah, he's not a huge part so far. And, and Carrie, did you share what you didn't like? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was just agreeing with everyone. Um, yeah. So you guys bring up a good point with I hope the nephew doesn't get crushed beyond all reason. And I really don't want her to have the rival mm-hmm. or the rival to start sabotaging whatever is going on between Sari and Mr. Gong. So th- those are the only hints of trouble I see on the horizon. And I just want everybody to be happy and have a solution and no muddied waters. But this wouldn't be a drama without muddied waters. So. So for now, we'll just enjoy. And uh, I guess we'll be back and let you know if, how we feel at the end. So. Thanks again for supporting our latest endeavor. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. We read every blog comment and Facebook comment. There are also great places to leave suggestions for future topics. 
We love to hear from our readers and our listeners. We'd also love it if you could leave us a rating and a review for us on Apple Podcast. It's a great way to let other people know just how awesome we are and share the drama love. And it's definitely not part of our ultimate plan to conquer the world. And as we mentioned at the beginning, don't forget that we have exclusive content available through Patreon. Come join us for extras from podcasts that ran too long and our once a month Patreon exclusives. We'll include the link to our show notes. Also, we want to recommend the book Flower Boy Tour Guide by our very own Shannon Kent. A great fun read. We'll put the Amazon link in our show notes. 